this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold I'm Not Sorry For. And I'm so excited today to have Lisa join me. Thank you so much for coming on, Lisa. Well, thanks for inviting me to join you. I'm excited. This is going to be a fun conversation for sure. Um, And it's on a topic that I love. Um, specifically, we won't get into it just yet, but specifically because these are things as as a female I struggled with and I've seen other people struggle with. So before we get there, Lisa, can you give a little background on on who are you? Who am I? Well, uh, these days I market myself as a writer, but I took a long and winding path to get here. So when I was in high school, I said, oh, I want to be a writer. And uh, was told that that was perhaps not a lucrative career choice. Now, mind you, this was you know almost 50 years ago, uh, and I was told uh, exactly this: "You're pretty good at math for a girl. You should go into science or technology, not writing." And so I wound up studying uh, electrical engineering and computer science, and I worked in high tech for about 20 years, and then I worked as a freelance web developer for about 20 some years. And during all that time, I continued to write on the side. I wrote freelance magazine articles and some other, some fun writing stuff. And when I became a web designer, I worked with a lot of people who were really good at what they did and pretty good at talking about what they did, but not good at writing about what they did. And so I wound up putting my writing skills and passion to work writing web content for a lot of and over the years, then I wrote a book and I've written a number of articles and have really enjoyed, you know, I was a web person and a writer on the side. And I wound up flipping that over. And now I'm a writer who has a lot of experience with websites, but I'm not doing that work so much anymore. So I'm, so 50 years later, you know, I wish I could go back to my high school counselor and say, look, I'm a writer. I'm a pretty good writer. I'm making a living doing this. So <laughs> that is awesome. a roundabout way to get here. So I describe this as my my third action, my, my third major career. <laughs> that is amazing. And I'm so glad that you've done it because it leads you to here today and talking about what you are no longer apologizing for. And actually, it's your tagline and a lot that you do. So, um, Lisa, tell the world what you are no longer apologizing for. So, so honestly... I'm not sorry for helping people brag their butt off and I teach them how to do it without being a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many people hear the word brag and they think, oh, it's inappropriate, it's rude, it's obnoxious, it's annoying, bragging is bad. Uh, and I'm here to tell you that the right kind of bragging is not bad at all. Productive bragging done with a little finesse can be very, very helpful. Um, you know, if you don't, 
let people know about your successes and your accomplishments and your skills, you're missing out on sales, you're missing out on opportunities. And whether you're working for somebody else or you have your own business, you still need to, you know, get, get the credit you deserve. Mm -hmm. That's it. Get the credit you deserve without making other people unhappy in acknowledging that you deserve that credit. So tell me more about that. Because like I said, I struggle with this. I truthfully do. Even with the business, like I can brag all day about my people, but like myself, I still have these issues. So what are some of the tips or techniques that you have talked about or invite people to maybe understand a little bit better on how can we do this without looking or being a pain in the ass? So, so there are a number of approaches that one can use. Everything, you know, sometimes you're talking and you have one statement that you make to somebody. Sometimes you have a longer conversation. And some of the basic, you know, talking to other people policies are when you meet somebody, for instance, let's suppose you meet somebody at a cocktail party. Be the one that asks them what they do first. Let them talk first. So I meet you. Hi, you know, nice to meet you. What do you do? Let them talk first and take a cue from them as to how much you should talk about yourself. So let them drive the pace. It's, it's really easy to always want to be the first one that talks and says, look how great I am. So if you ask somebody, what do you do? And they only talk for, say, 30 seconds, you should only talk for about 30 seconds and then ask them another question, right? So that you let them drive the pace. So that's, that's sort of an interpersonal um, tip. I find that there are many just slight word changes that can impact people's perception of your confidence when you're speaking. So for instance, how many of us have, have given a presentation and you go through some long-winded spiel and then you get to the end and you go, does that make sense? And I'm sure you've heard people say that. When you ask that question, you're basically saying, I'm not really sure I did a good job explaining that. Or maybe, but that's one possibility. The other possibility is you're saying, I think my audience is too stupid to really understand what I said. Also inappropriate, right? So you don't want to end with, does that make sense? But you can ask, you can end with, does anybody have any other questions? Are there any points I didn't cover that you'd like to know more about? Which parts of this were unclear? So you're not putting them on this. Also, if you say to people, does that make sense? Most people would say, no, nah, sounds great to me. They don't want to admit that they don't understand. So there's a sort of a, you know, behavior, speech pattern. Another one, which is, which is sort of interesting is uh, when you make a request or when you speak about yourself about an accomplishment, it's a lot more palatable if you throw in a phrase that starts with because. And the, the root of this comes from a study that was done where somebody would go up to a line of people waiting at a photocopy machine and say, can I go ahead of you? I need to make five copies. And people say, you get in line like, with the rest of us, right? But if you go up to them and say, can I go ahead of you and make five copies because I was just called into the executive staff meeting and they're waiting for me to present it. And you've said because and given a reason, people say, oh yeah, sure, go ahead, go ahead. And they tested this with many lines at copy machines and found that because 
main people were agreeable to what you were asking. And so in the same way, when you're talking about yourself or an accomplishment, you could just say, I'm proud of myself because I raised $2,000 for the local food pantry. So, and people are like, well, yeah, good for you. Uh, thanks for letting me know. But if you say, I'm sort of proud of raising $2,000 for the local food pantry because now 50 families in our neighborhood are going to have healthy, nutritious food for a week. That's a completely different statement because you've, because you've taken a spotlight on you and turned the spotlight onto the organization and onto the people who need help. And now your listener might say, oh, good for you. I'm proud of you for, for putting out for putting out an effort for other people in our community. Or even better, they might say, oh, great idea. I wonder how I can help out with the local food pantry. And so it's just adding that because statement that changes perception of what they just heard you say. There are many, many different uh, tips along these lines, none of which are earth-shaking. One sentence, we're talking about one sentence. But when you start to change your vocabulary and you start to position your statements differently, you come across differently. I love that. And it's so true because I I plead the fifth. I do say sometimes, does that make sense? Especially talking about psychology and some of this stuff. But it's also that I want to make sure that I've clearly stated and I don't have, I just have sometimes my self-doubt comes in. Like I've spoke about it a billion times. Like I'm literally sometimes seen as an expert in the field with psychology or with physiology perspectives. And it's like, oh, does that make sense? I'm like, Emily. Why did you even say that? But here's the other thing that's very interesting with what you're talking about is I'm coming with this new concept that I'm seeing people sell things or agreeing to buy things only because the salesperson or whoever the leader is, they're very good at what you're talking about. They come off with confidence and clarity. Um, and then it goes to the next person in line and it like after the sales process and then it goes implementation and it may all fall apart, but it's like, I've been watching that WeWork episode or the pot or I don't even know what you call it documentary. And the guy just had so much confidence that it just was like one of their people said, we just drank it in. And it's just, it's interesting to me that he had the ability to do that. And so how can we do this too, without being manipulative? So I do want to run that that aspect of it because I know I've seen some people brag and brag and brag, but it's more of a manipulation tactic. How do you help people? Um, they may perceive in the beginning that they're bragging, but after they get a few occurrences with them, they just turn into a pain in the butt or pain in the ass. Well, I, I never want people to be manipulative. Uh, in their conversations, you know, speaking and writing are two different scenarios. So when you're speaking and you're with a salesperson, they're trying to make you make a decision right now. They're trying to, um, you know, not let you think about it. When you're reading something, you have more time to consider. You, you can take in what you look at. So when we're writing web content, you know, I'm not speaking to the person right at the time they're reading the web content or the business owner is not speaking to them. They're reading it and taking it in and, and sitting with it. 
And so it's, you're not having a manipulative conversation. You are presenting a story and it's one-sided. You're presenting it and the other person is receiving it. So you want to do the best you can in presenting it in a positive light. Obviously, if you brag really blatantly and brutally in print, people look at it and go, I'm not going to continue reading. This guy's turning me off already, right? But the the ability to even, okay, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. And people write comments all day long about posts. And you can read your posts and self-edit and say, did what I say just sound like I was bragging? Or did it sound like I was sharing a fact? And I have a number of, here's a, here's a good example. The word, obviously. When somebody tells you something and you already knew that, and you say, obviously, duh, you're, you're making it look like you're better or smarter or why are you stupidly telling me something I already know? And so I encourage people, don't use that word. So let's suppose somebody says something to you and you already knew that. Maybe you knew it because you read an article or you saw a TV show. Somebody tells you a fact, you say, that's great. I just saw a show that confirmed that, or I read an article about that. How interesting. Maybe you'd like to read the article. Or, you know, you can share that you already know it without making the other person feel bad without so avoiding bragging about it. There's a thousand there's a thousand and one little so you're writing a comment on LinkedIn and you start to write obviously and you go, I shouldn't say that. I should say, hey, that's great. I also recently learned this through this cool documentary made me want to. Right. And I think those so, are so impactful because I, like me now, I'm going to be like looking through all my words. But and I think the one thing that you said that was very important that I want to note on is there's a big difference in writing and speaking. And so being more thoughtful and throwing out your bragging points in your writings, because I know that you help a lot with like resumes or and also some of like the web content and stuff like that. What are some of the other like to do's that you're like? You need, like, if you had top five to do that you would recommend for people um, or just the ones that come off your mind, what what are the top ones that come off your mind whenever or you see them and you're like, oh, they did it. Um, like, not to not judgmental, well, I, I guess, but. You know, the one that I already mentioned where if you want to talk about I'm proud of this or I'm excited about that or I'm pleased that this happened, find the because. Right, so know, know how you can use your accomplishment to help shine a spotlight on someone else or help lift somebody else, especially, I particularly enjoy working with nonprofits. And so it's always exciting when you can shine a spotlight on a deserving nonprofit who needs help in the community. You can say, I did this, look at these great people that, it's being, that are being supported, how can we help them? That's, that's one. Another tip is that people want to, they want to describe themselves as being good at something. I'm a great whatever. I'm a great 
football coach. I'm an excellent public speaker. I'm a crackerjack fundraiser, whatever. Instead of trying to self-anoint yourself with, you know, appreciative terms, can you describe your accomplishment in terms of numbers where other people can figure out the, the right terms to use? So instead of saying, I'm the best CEO this company's ever had, could you say, you know, since I took over, the quality metrics have been up by 20%, profits have been up by 10%. I'm really proud of my team. Those numbers let people know that you're the great CEO without you ever saying, I'm a great CEO. As a, as a football coach, you can say, you could say, I'm a great football coach, or you could say, I'm so proud of my team. We had the we scored the most goals ever this year and had the, the best record of the last five years, thanks to the team. And people will say, aha, because you're a great coach and you brought them together, right? So, so looking for the numbers and the bigger picture of the other players, it reflects on you that you're good without you saying So there's that. Um, another tip that I, that I like to encourage people with is if you have, let's suppose you've achieved a milestone. If you're a writer, I've published 100 articles. If you're a web designer, I just launched my 250th site. If you're a coach and you work with people as a business coach, I've just coached my 100th client. Instead of just saying, I accomplished this, can you write an article or a LinkedIn post or a short blurb of, here are five things I learned in building 300 websites. Here, now that I've coached 100 clients business as a business coach, here are 10 tips that everybody can apply. And now you've taken your accomplishment and said, what have I learned from getting to that accomplishment? How can I freely give that away to other people? Mm, that's, right? That one's very that's, important. So there are, there are a number, you know, these are all subtle kind of one-off pieces and not all of them apply to all people. But every time you can find a way to tell the story without making it only about you, you still get the credit, you still get the credit you deserve, but you, you've, you've done it in a way that is helpful and collaborative and not so and also i could see that it's also more memorable too because you're connecting it with an emotional aspect instead of telling people straight on like i had this conversation whenever i was coaching an executive and he was talking about the numbers and the accomplishment i'm like tie that in a story like whenever you tie it in the story it doesn't seem like and then also from the ego perspective like why do you feel like you need to brag about this or put it at like you keep hitting some spots and all i can see from my my perspective is that you're bragging 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 which is not a bad thing in perspective if that's what you want to hear but most people want to hear it as either an altruistic or some way that you're helping others and like you said it's connecting back to the bigger team picture and again it's connecting back to a story because I don't know. I don't I don't know why people are this. I connect it back, I guess, to high school is my thought process. And many people is like, 
you always had to deal with, I hate this word, but that, that douchey guy that was like, or girl that just kept talking about themselves constantly. And it's just like, your mom and daddy paid for all that. You know, you didn't actually earn that kind of mentality. Um, and so that's what it connects for me. I don't know what it connects for you listeners, but that's my mindset of it. And so we already have this, this thought process, which is why I have, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not the best at it and I'm trying to get better. At it. But I'm going to tell you some of the things that you've already mentioned. I have, I have my notebook over here. Um, that bragging versus sharing is so key. And also like even having the comment, does that make sense? It also shows, do you have confidence in yourself? And then obviously that you also said, oh, I love every one of these one-liners that you're giving us and just all this help. And I know one thing that you talked about in the beginning, and I just kind of want to finalize out with this is taking credit with confidence. I know you speak about that a lot. And in my opinion, confidence, walking in this confidence that does have some humility to it, but not over humble is that they're not usually pain in the asses. They're usually some people that we look up to. Um, so talk about that for a minute. I would, I would agree with that, that people who are self-confident and self-aware, which is different than being full of oneself, mm -hmm. right? Um, you, you tend to trust them. So as mm -hmm. a woman working in engineering in the seventies and it was in college in the seventies and I'm working in engineering in the eighties and nineties, I was often in a room where I was the only woman. It was all men. And I'm not saying I was in the middle somewhere. Was I smarter than all of them? No. Was I not as smart as any of them? You know, I'm somewhere in the middle. And I'd want to say something and would be shut down. Or as often happened in those days, a woman would say something. It would get glossed over and the man would say the same thing 10 minutes later. People go, oh, great idea. Right? And part of that comes from, and I, for sure, in those early days in engineering, was not confident. Even though I knew the answer, I was not used to being the one that spoke up and said, hey, boys, I know this is right. Um, and there are some speech patterns, and this has been studied, is that women are more likely in a meeting where they're either they're or surrounded by other men or people of higher, let's say, managerial rank, they will start their statements with, I think, I feel, I think maybe we should do this. I feel like this would be a good thing to do. And that's a confident thing. If you're speaking, we know you think it. You don't need to say, I think. Just say, this would be a good thing to do, even better. Based on what I've studied, this would be a good thing. Based on my experience, this would be a good thing. According to this other expert who I studied with, this would be a good thing. And so speaking with conviction, if you're going to speak up and you truly believe it's the right thing to do or say, speak up. Don't buffer it with, I think, I feel, maybe, sort of, could be. These are all lowering your confidence or speaking to not having as much confidence as you could. And it takes time. You have to practice. You have to get used to speaking like that. Um, there's, I, I wanted to bring one up one other one because this is kind of a, a pet peeve of mine and it's an easy one for everybody to fix. Somebody says, hey, how are you? 
first response for many people is, oh, busy. So busy. Crazy busy. So incredibly busy. Possibly they're really overwhelmed. Often it's a, a this subtle statement of, I'm so great. I'm so popular. I'm so in demand. I have so many clients. I can't keep up. That's bragging. I mean, in a not good way. You're basically saying, I'm so important. Um, it makes me so busy. I'm never too busy to talk to somebody else for 10 minutes. I mean, barring a crisis. So instead of, so when somebody says, how are you? Instead of saying, you know, I'm so incredibly busy, you can say, I'm loving my new job. There's so much to learn. I'm so happy that I got to teach this class full of interesting people that gave me lots of challenging questions, right? I'm, you know, fantastic. I just went away for the weekend. And yes, I've come back to a full inbox, but my mind is re-energized and I'm happy to be here. So I try not to say I'm busy. That you know, is so... Comes across, it comes across as I'm important. I'm, I'm in demand. Oh, it's I hope you know, like you gave me a full out coaching session and you don't even, I don't even know if you know <laughs> that you did that because it's like, oh, there's another one, Emily. But I think it's good because these are things that we're not taught and or we're not made aware of. And it's just out of ignorance. It's not, I, I know that many women specifically, I'm, I'm speaking as a woman and for myself is like, we're doing a Women's Leadership Institute. And one of the things that the speaker uh, speakers are going to be talking about is how to make the ask. Like we say we want more money, but then we don't even ask for the money. Or if we ask for it, we don't have all this confidence. Steven. It's like, oh, I, I think I would like raise. Like you finally like speak up. And I, I, I just love everything that you are saying because it hits home and you have so many great, just easy. Like you said, it's not rocket science. It's not like earth shattering news. It's just changing up your speech a little bit. It's, it's a list of a thousand and one small things. I wanted to mention because you brought this up about asking for a raise. When I was, say, I'd been out of college about 12 years and I went to a new job. And again, the only woman in an engineering department of you know, 30 or so people. And I saw an ad for a course, it was a workshop one day, on a sort of training for women. And it was targeted at women in male-dominated fields. And I went to my boss and I said, I would like to take this class. And he said, if you're brave enough to ask me to take it, you don't need to take it. <laughs> if you're brave enough... If, if you're asking me to take a sort of training, you don't need a sort of training. So I didn't get to take it. <laughs> That's funny. That really is, though. But I guess. Uh huh. Yep. It's interesting, though. But so um, to end this out, I would love to ask you this two-part final question. First part: People are apologizing for helping people, doing kind of like what you do, like helping other people in the aspect of bragging, helping them to brag better. Um, people keep apologizing because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm helping them brag better. And, you know, it may not be something that people are receiving well. What would you tell that person that is looking at writing? Or actually, what would you even tell your younger self, you know, whenever they said that you were not a good good writer or whatever, that you're better at math, um, that this is not something that you should be doing um, for what you're apologizing? And you're like, 
I'm, I'm no longer sorry. I'm done. I'm done apologizing for this. What would you tell somebody in your shoes maybe 10, 15 years ago? Tell them about, I'm not sure I'm, I'm understanding the question. So explain why I'm not sorry. Yeah. And like, what would you tell somebody that's starting to do what you're doing and starting to speak out in this confidence, starting to speak with credit, uh, do like credit uh, with confidence, starting to do this um, and they start maybe apologizing for it. What would you say to those people? Well, I, you know, I think this is an important skill for people to have. If they want, not everybody needs help in this area. But for many people, they need the boost, the help to take credit with confidence, right? That's the phrase I like to use. To If they want to start their own business, for instance, nobody else is going to be doing it for them. You have to get out there to make sure you don't miss opportunities and make sure people know that you're good. And so it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, sometimes people say to me, bragging and all the stuff you're promoting, it's just rude, it's obnoxious. I don't agree. I mean, if done correctly with finesse, with tempered, you know, behavior, it's it can be very productive. And I have enjoyed working with people. We write their bio, we work on their LinkedIn about section. And they actually they come away with it. They go, I feel pretty good about saying this. This, this doesn't make me look bad, in my opinion, when the person's speaking, right? They're saying, yeah, you really taught me that it's okay to get out there and, and show what I bring to the table. I see examples every day of things people say or write that are exactly the opposite of what I would recommend. Not like I'm the world's expert, but it always gives me plenty of material <laughs> to to write about and share and go, here's another great example of something you shouldn't do. If it made me, if it made me think the person was pain, it's making other people think that too. Yep. And that's the thing. It's looking at other people's perspectives of it, which is something that we talk about, about whenever you want to step in and step up in performance, that we repeat some steps. And a part of that repeat acronym is the P for perspectives. Like those are one of our pitfalls that we keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's because sometimes we just don't want to look at our own perspectives and how they may be influenced by others and how other people may be reading them, which is so critical and so crucial. So, Lisa, I'm so grateful for you to be on. And the second part of that question is people love what you're saying. How can they get a hold of you or where can they find you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I post just about every day, so you can find me. It's Lisa Stamboff at LinkedIn, and I have a hashtag brag your butt off. So if you're anxious to go back and read lots of brag your butt off tips, you can find that on LinkedIn. And my website for my writing business is muchadoaboutyou.com. So a riff on the Shakespeare, uh, much ado about nothing. So much ado about you. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you all that will be listening in. Y'all have an amazing and blessed day. You deserve it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe. 
and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.